Hello, listeners, and thank you for listening in to another episode of the Fordsmith Running Podcast, where we get to hear from uh, local runner Anthony Rose, or otherwise known as Twig to most. Um, and we're also joined by Sussex Trail Event Director Jason, or Jay McArdle, who comes on to tell us all about some of the fantastic events and trail runs that they put on through the year. And my uh, good buddy and metal co-host, David Harvey. Dave, how are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. A bit knackered today, but all good other than that. Just uh, working and... You know, getting grinding ready. my fingers to the bone, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, man, you've got a, you've got a lot coming up. You've got a lot going on in your life right now, man, and um, and it's going to be obviously such a, a an incredible and important week for you coming up because you've got your big race next week. Can't wait. Well, I'm giving it a go. Gonna gonna go give it a go. But firstly, I think we should uh, we should talk about the tunnel, Dan. Ah, oh, the tunnel. Do you know the I've tunnel. had I've had so many people ask me questions about that, Dave. Like so many people coming up going. Was it, how awful was it? How awful was it? And it's always, it's always mm. the way people kind of approach the tunnel with this kind of like awful um, kind of idea of it and stuff. But actually, yeah. I'm coming back on here to report that the tunnel itself, the experience of actually going up and down the tunnel was was really comforting. It was, it was yeah. really nice. Yeah. Uh, it was, I guess the best way to describe it is like almost, you know, that sensation of when you're, when you're kind of like swaddled into your blankets and, and kind of surrounded by protection and stuff it, it just felt like a very kind of protected run like you weren't exposed too much to the outdoor elements uh mm. and you knew where you were going so you didn't have to check any maps um so you're not claustrophobic that... then no no not at all I, th- I thought i would be and and it's funny you should say that because a couple of times uh the first few laps i did i, I did kind of think like when you're in the middle of the tunnel yeah. um it was like oh crikey i'm under all this earth right now so I, a, a couple of those thoughts popped into my head yeah. um but no, it was good. It was it was awesome, and yeah, just kind of like arrived uh, halfway through the day, about about midday, with the aim to kind of sit in my chair and, and eat some lunch. Uh, and there were quite a few other uh, participants that kind of had the same idea, so they came along and kind of parked up, got their spot outside the entrance of the tunnel, and yeah, just got to meet some 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 really nice people, yeah. and obviously Mark Cobain as well, the event director. Yeah. How what what was your kind of like perception on the difficulty? Because I remember when I did the hill. But the first time I gave it a go, and I only lasted 50 miles, and I was it just the the like you know the enormity of the task hit me pretty quickly, and I was like, well, this is if if I'm even able to get halfway, I'll be incredibly surprised because it was just overwhelmingly long, overwhelmingly hilly, and because it was reps. It was the mental side of it of just doing the same thing over and over again really yeah. got to me too quickly. And and his his races are renowned, aren't they, for being some of the more difficult and bizarrely constructed and fought kind of races in this country, I think. And they're really there to kind of uh, break you down and have only the, the strongest people finish them. And I think... If if they had aid stations every five miles, I think you would prob- probably have a lot more finishing. But they are bare bones. It's all about the running, and it's all about really fucking you over mentally, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you pretty much summed it up. Summed it up there. I think, you know, I've obviously only done the, the tunnel. You're you're a little bit more experienced with um with Cobain events, um with his tagline, the hard stuff, because because it really is. And I think you you hit the nail on the head. 
they his races break you down in in every aspect um you know whether you're thinking about the you know the next 10 hours 20 hours 30 hours whatever it is to the repetition of it to the physical pain of it um it's just yeah it's just incredible and i think that kind of draws me back dave i don't know if you're the same but like yeah i i know now that that i've experienced a little bit of it i'm, I'm i only got about 70 miles done roughly um I I know what the tunnel is like now. I know what to expect next time, and I'm absolutely desperate to get back. I wish he was running it next year. Um, yeah. So, so so 2023, I'm going back with a very different kind of view on it, and um, there's going to be a lot of adjustments I'm going to make to to my plan. But yeah, I can't wait to get back in there and and and, and yeah. give it a go and give it a proper crack. They do. Well, you know, a, a DNF does kind of like. It, for me it loitered and lingered with me but I, I know that I think we both had very different reasons for DNF and the Cobain event um, yeah. and mine the first time was purely on uh, just like a lack of mental strength mm-hmm. uh, and that and that really got to me and um, I remember I finished it and was like I'm fine with this I'm absolutely fine with it and went back to the hotel had some breakfast went and had a couple of beers in the day and was just kidding myself that I was okay with it because deep down inside I knew that I'd wimped out. I could have put my foot, my another foot forward. I could have kept on going if I really yeah. wanted to, and it just really got to me. And it took me a few days to realise that 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 was the reason that I finished because I think the whole, you know, I just I wimped out of it really wimped out of it and the enormity of the task got to me so I said right I'm going to finish at 50 and I'm going to be happy with a 50 mile race and that was you know okay so I've run 50 miles but the the aim was to run 160 so I'd failed and I failed because I wasn't able to just break through that um that barrier really and I don't know whether that was about poor preparation or lack of fitness or just wondering what on earth had just hit me what what the fuck was I doing you know because yeah. it, it really was a completely you know for someone that's used to ultra running and marathons his races are alien they feel super difficult and super alien you know yeah absolutely no so. I could completely agree but dave look i think i think when it comes to these kind of things um you know it's the same in life like if you were to tackle something in life that was as big as as a cobain event or a hundred mile or whatever you know you sometimes you fail at these things initially but you go back um you try again like you have done in the past you know you i I know you tried the hill again but you but you did finish a cobain event you you know you did really well in the coast to coast you got you got the second spot there um i think when you look at the bigger picture Mm. And one day you look back on your life and you you kind of take the last 10 years and you can then look at it with a bit of, bit of perspective. Yeah. Um, it'll all make sense because you would have just gone from strength to strength um, and persevered yeah. um, and endured and, and trained harder. And, and you, you kind of just build yourself up, don't you, over time? And yeah, you do. Those, those events are no joke. Uh, I, I just want to kind of put that out there first because the – the tunnel is obviously sometimes seen as like, oh, well, what's just this crazy, stupid event that people go into a tunnel and run? But honestly, like the, the feat of doing it and 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 what I saw in some of those pictures from from the finishers that actually actually got to the end, wow! I mean, I, you know, kudos to them. It's it's such a huge achievement, and yeah, just really looking forward to to pushing myself and and going back to the tunnel. 
Um, Everyone looks totally broken, don't they, when they finish oh, these events? <laughs> honestly, it's 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 that look in their eyes. I saw a few photos of of the I think yeah. the first the, the four finishers, um, which was quite a lot. Uh, sometimes there's there's none. Sometimes there's just a couple. But the it was the look in their eyes. There was uh, I, I know uh, Mandy was the first uh, lady to to have finished. Um, Ever, to I think, was it? Yeah, just absolutely amazing. I mean, she was solid throughout. Just kept her pace up, kept going, kept doing laps. Really, really, really had a good plan. Um, but when she finished, um, her eyes just just said a thousand words, painted a thousand pictures. Mm. She was so tired, absolutely exhausted. She looked she looked completely drained. Um, yeah, so just, yeah, just amazing, remarkable that people get through that. And there were a few people there that finished. That uh, a couple of people that yeah. had DNF the first time as well. So. Um, yeah. There's hope, Dave. There's hope. There's hope there is, for me. And you met, you met Guy <laughs> as well. Yes, got to meet Guy. Yeah. I mean, Guy was amazing. Guy, so Guy, you know, for the listeners um, uh, who who are who are listening at the moment, uh, Guy's a, a friend of yours who you introduced me to, who has uh, finished the tunnel twice. No, I think. He, he 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 finished it once, but he won it, didn't he, in a ridiculous time of like forty three hours or something like That's that. That's right. Yeah, it was like five hours ahead of the the next place or anything like that, and it looked like. Yeah. This time around, he was gonna he was gonna win it again because he wore the like some Nike Nike Vapor flies, I think, and mm. he was just this machine, just like he just kept up. I think it was almost like an eight minute mile pace for the first kind of fifty <laughs> miles, and you could hear his shoes coming along because those those Vapor flies make quite a noise in the tunnel. Yeah, uh, and it was like this pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter patter. You could hear him coming up behind you, and it was like a like a steam <laughs> up within the steam train. It was amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, a couple of other interesting things about the tunnel is um, a few of you have heard heard rumors that they play violin music into the tunnel and and I've got to kind of clear the clear the air there a little bit it is violin music it's not mark that plays it um so it's got nothing to do with the race itself they're actually speakers built into the walls of the rock in the center of the tunnel so if you break the tunnel to kind of down into into three into thirds you get the, you run through the first third of the mile then you get to the middle and you've got these speakers that are just kind of like lighting up on these luminous colors as you as you run past them and each of the speakers plays a different kind of piece of a violin music, and it's all kind of out of sync and stuff. And it was designed in the tunnel to stop um, people kind of going in there and gathering in groups. Um, so it actually keep, kind of keeps people moving through the tunnel. Uh, and it's quite surreal, really, because you you get to the you get to the center third, you hear all this music, and you're passing all these like speakers that are lighting up in all these amazing colors. And then you kind of go past it, and it's incredible how. You actually stop hearing it. You can't hear it once you get to the end of the tunnel. You can only yeah. hear it in the centre. It's um, yeah, quite a quite a bizarre experience. But the mm. um, as well, the race was timed. So so Mark's got obviously a timing mat as well, um, done by a company called uh, I think it's T- uh, Timing Monkey. Yeah. yeah. Um and yeah, just just remarkable. So so you actually get to see your laps. He has a laptop at the end of the tunnel, so you can see keep track of how many <laughs> laps you've done. Um, Brilliant. And obviously, a lap is effectively a mile out and a mile back so it's so it's two miles mm. um you know if, if, yeah, out and back basically so you've got to do a, yeah. you've got to do that a hundred times yeah so, how, so what, what are your reflections on it then my reflections on it are going in with a better plan so i i bought a chair with me um mm. i started using that chair too often mm. um probably after the after 50 miles um i went out way too hard uh, the guy that won it ended up walking for the first 30 minutes of the race and, mm. and turned out, you know, getting 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 to know him a little bit, Christian, lovely guy. He was um, he, he has taken part in six day running um, championships before. 
where they just guys run for six days. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so the, yeah, so there's me kind of like, you know, getting getting three laps ahead of people, um, trying to keep up with Guy and then realizing, yeah, probably not a not a good idea and stuff. So, yeah, so in the end, my hamstrings went. Um, normally, my hamstrings, have, have, they've been problematic at the moment, but they normally yeah. kind of settle in the long distance stuff. Um, but I think where I'd kind of pushed the pace a bit, I'd, I'd saturated all my different change of clothes. Um, and yeah, just, just not a great plan. So some, some small changes to the actual kind of like way I manage how often I stop, where I sit, mm. how, how, how fast I run, all the usual stuff really, Dave. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Going out fast is a killer, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, if you can really suffer from doing that and some of the races that I've done you know whether it's 5k you know probably particularly 5k's you just start blowing up don't you and yeah you might get really you know if I think about the time I did park run I remember thinking god I feel awesome and was running at sort of 556 minute miles and then was lucky to do 10 minute miles for the next two miles you know (laughs) (laughs) it's just yeah it's mad yeah, it feels good at the time doesn't it and then all of a sudden it, the world falls apart yeah man it can, it's literally like a like a like a barrier you um a barrier you walk through um just to kind of finish off the tunnel completely and we're gonna we're gonna talk about long less now for you but um what was interesting was when they turned the lights off mark was very disappointed that they only turned half of the lights off in the tunnel <laughs> night. Um, but i think he got that corrected for the for the second night yeah um anyhow it gets super eerie the tunnel actually filled with a, a really thick fog for like half of it. Really? So, um, for those of you who have run with head torches in rain and stuff, you'll 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 remember that you kind of see this this hazy kind of like snow, almost looks like snow going past you. Yeah. Um, where obviously the head torch kind of lights up all the little tiny droplets and stuff, and that was really eerie. Um, but again, super cool. It's it such a different experience. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So you, so listen, Dave. One week to go, or just just under a week to yeah. go. Um, how's training gone? How are you feeling mentally for it? Uh, and how many billion gels have you bought? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it, I think it's uh, fair to start that um, I'm really cursing drunk Dave at the moment because I've got this I've got this tendency to um, have a few beers and think it's a good time time to sign up to a race. Yeah. So probably at the end of last year, I got had a few beers and lo and behold, I wake up to having sent an email to Mark signing up to a bloody 250-mile race across Wales. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you do, as you do. Yeah, so um, me and drunk Dave on on the uh, on, on speaking terms at the moment, he's a dick. So I just wanted to get that out there. So if you see drunk Dave, tell him he's an arsehole. I will, I will um, do. Yeah, so... But, you know, it's, it, in all honesty, you know, like running is a part of life, isn't it? And I do it most days. And so the training has been something that I've been doing pretty consistently for the whole year and for years now. Yeah. But I must say that it started off like 100 mile of training and then suddenly it just got really intense for, for a week or two. And I did the did a few marathons and then started doing back to back like 20, 15, 25 20 you know doing 80 miles over four days and my fitness went through through the roof and and it was really good to kind of like be able to see that things were improving and I was actually able to kind of do that kind of mileage 
Yeah. And I wouldn't say I've done crazy mileage either. It was a, I think in a seven day period, I did 140 miles. But if you cut it up into into weeks, starting Monday to Sunday, I, I topped out at about maybe 85, 90 miles in a week. Ooh, okay. So it wasn't super, super high. Like some people do 140, 150 miles in a week, don't they? But um, Yeah, but I mean, look, Dave, that, that, you know, looking, I'm sure people are listening thinking, that's not a lot. I mean, that, that is, it's, it's a heavy volume still, dude. Mm. Yeah. And I've got to say, I'm not, I'm not totally happy with how things are at the moment. My, my calves are tight and I've got a bit of an issue in my left glute, but that's, you know, that'll either crop up or it will be sorted and come race day, it'll be absolutely fine. But yeah. do you know, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but a few years ago, I decided to consciously only do only do races that inspired me mm-hmm. and you know to some extent Lakeland's in that because that really kind of like the first time I did that it really beat me up and I was it, it sort of I respected it for that because yeah. and, and I wanted to go back um, and given that there's been a pandemic on you know we've done some of the more local races but I was really excited by Lod Nass because it's it's far too big you know it's it's overwhelmingly long and it's and it's a real head fuck of a distance long. You know, it's two hundred and fifty three miles from North to South Wales. Yeah, done in one go without without any kind of like formal sleep stops or anything like that. And and it's a lot of self self management and you know self supported. So you only get water. And uh, it's just you know it's one of those things that is so ridiculous. For me, yep. it looks ridiculous. So, and that's the kind of personality I am is that I want to take that kind of thing on. <laughs> that's fine, dude. Like, I, I guess you, right. you don't have to like give give too many reasons, do you? I mean, we we, we no. pick the rate. We you pick sometimes some people pick races just because, like you say, they go out and have a few beers and then their kind of drunken alter ego takes over and, and enters yeah. it. That's good enough, you know. I, I honestly yeah. like think as much as you yeah. may hate that, you may hate yourself for it afterwards. Um. There's obviously mm. some reason or something in there that, that you know, a fancy that, that you like for it. And yeah, yeah like for whatever reason, like you do the events that you want to do, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I'm, I'm dead excited about it, Dan. I've got 100 gels. Um, <laughs> <Blimey>. <laughs> 100 gels, got a tub of S caps. Uh, probably need to get some more nut butter. Um, okay. But, you know, like, I'm not scared of DNFing. I'm not scared of failing it. It's, you know, the most likely outcome is that I'll be on a train home really early. Okay. Um, but you know, there's, you know, I do think I can do it and I'm, I'm excited about doing it. I've got little kind of like milestones in my head about and, and a little plan in my head about how I'm going to kind of eat and, and, and crack on doing it really. So is there any way the listeners can, or, or we all can follow you at the time? Are there, are there any, um, is there any yeah. timing stuff going on? Yeah, there'll be, there'll be trackers. So you can okay. not watch if you want. And uh, I'm definitely going to go for the win. As you know, I always do. So. <laughs> do you know, I, I, I used, I used your, um, <laughs> your, your mentality there on, uh, on the tunnel. I was like, yeah, I'm going for the win. I'm going for the win. Just, you know, just in a humorous way. But uh, yeah. I think you definitely, you definitely can, Dave, a, a runner oh, of your caliber and your grit. Come on, you can yeah. do it. No, well, you know, finishing will be a big gift for me, and like I've got baby on the way, so it's it'll be a nice kind of like last long race for a little while, I think. Yeah, and listen, you have me on speed dial if you need to chat, if you need, if yeah. you just want to have a conversation, 
it doesn't matter what time of night it is i'll leave my phone on um and yeah. you, can just, you, you can just you can just ring me and buzz me whatever time of the weekend it is um and also maybe perhaps anybody listening who has your number because um, i won't mm. give it out uh, on the podcast don't worry uh, <laughs> can can send you some abuse to keep you going yeah man. please do i i, I... I do respond much better to abuse than I do compliments or encouragement. So, perfect, brilliant, <laughs> Dave. Listen, I'm uh, so I'm so excited for, for those listening who don't know. It's it's obviously North Wales to to South Wales to Cardiff, uh, and tracking that is going to be very interesting because, you know, if you come back a few hours later, you're going to see the dot kind of move down the country, and eventually, hopefully, Dave, fingers crossed, it's gonna it's gonna end up all the way down to South Wales. So, what an absolutely <laughs> amazing journey, man! And and aid stations every fifty miles, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Access to your drop bag. Access to your drop bag, fifty yeah. You can use you can use the shops and stuff. Have you have you actually managed to kind of um, plot out where there are some co-ops and and Tesco's and stuff? Yeah, do you know what? A, a sensible person would do that, but um, I'm a bit of a I'm an idiot, so I haven't done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be knocking at a few people's doors, yeah, on the long yeah. way. Yeah, probably. Please have some water. <laughs> yeah amazing dude, amazing well listen um i guess for the next show we'll be able to come back and and do what we've done here with the tunnel and ask you how it all went and and what yeah. it was like what it was like picking up that tro- that big trophy at the end yeah so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so picture yeah. it pic- picture it all Dave. picture it all listen thanks so much for your time um i'll, le- I'll let you head off and, and get some some nice relaxing done uh, because next Friday you will not be doing that. Um, <laughs> and we're going to head off into our first interview with uh, Jay McArdle from uh, Sussex Trail Events uh, and then straight through to Anthony Rose's interview. Uh, and yeah, Dave, hope look forward to chatting to you soon. Um, all yeah, the best. Have a good one. Cheerio. Cheers. I am really pleased to be welcoming on to this week's show uh, our topical special guest, Jason McArdle, also known as Jay, who joins us uh, all the way from, I'll say all the way, it's not too far away, from Sussex Trail Events. Uh, Jay, it's great to have you on the show to tell us um, all about your races. Um, how are you keeping? You all right? Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, um, it's, it's an honor, honor to be here. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. I'm so, I'm so glad this kind of uh, finally kind of came together and uh, I know I was given your name by a mutual uh, friend of ours, Simon Welch, who, who put us in touch. Um, and he said to me, Dan, you've got to get Jay onto the show. He's a great guy. He'll make an awesome guest. And he's got, you've got some fantastic events to, uh, to chat about and tell all the listeners about. So, uh, so here we go. Um, and Jay, I've got to ask, uh, is Jay okay? Cause I know your full name's Jason McArdle, but everyone calls you Jay. Is that uh, right? Yeah. Everyone calls me Jay. So Brilliant, excellent stuff. And uh, I was kind of telling you beforehand that this is one of my favorite sections of, of the Portsmouth Running podcast to record because we get interesting topical guests from, from all sorts of um, you know, areas in, in running. Um, and it's going to be fantastic to chat about some of your events as well, because you've got such an interesting website when it comes to actually looking at your different races uh, and the titles um, of those events and stuff. So I'm very curious to ask you a few questions about them. But before we get into that, uh, Jay, I was going to let you introduce yourself, um, perhaps uh, a couple of couple of minutes to, to tell the listeners who you are, where you're from, uh, any useful facts, um, any non-useful facts, interesting things about yourself, um, maybe a little bit about your own running as well. So over to you to, uh, to say hello to everyone. Yep. Yeah, hello. Um, so I'm Jay. I live in Worthing. I'm the wrong side of 50. Uh, been running for about 10 years, 11 years now. Okay. Um, I got injured back in 2013. So me and two friends set up Sussex Trail Events and 
we put our first race on, which was the Downs link from the North Downs way down to the South Downs way where we are. Um, a 38 mile ultra marathon that is okay. funny enough going on this Sunday. Ah, uh, yes, I saw I noticed that on the website. It's um it's it's coming up soon. And I think that's actually one that comes up in a lot of, of ultra running conversations, the Downs Link Ultra. I think is it, it's quite a popular race, is it? It is it's it well, it's sold out every year we've done it, apart from this year, but there's so much going on this year and so much happening that it, it's not I mean, we're 20 people short of selling out, so Okay, so not not bad. And I guess it's it's kind of maybe shifted dates as well because of COVID, or, or... Uh, it's it's a week later because I did London last week. So usually it's the first Sunday of October, but I ran London last week, so we've put it on this Sunday. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. I see. So you've been running for about ten years, and yourself that, that, that's good. But you got you, you say you, you took a was it a bit of a nasty injury um in twenty thirteen? It was um, I qualified for Spartathlon, funny enough. Ah, okay. I overdid it. I um just yeah, I got a really serious stress fracture, and Ooh. um yeah, I I just ran myself into the ground. Really, was that was that by any chance a a, a tibial stress fracture or, or yeah, one? it was tibia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've I've had a confirmed one myself. So All right. um, yeah, yeah, just from overuse. Um, just a, a not a massive one. So one that kind of healed up. Um, with just kind of reduced pace and stuff, but yours sounds like it was a bit, bit more serious. It was. Uh, well, it, it just stopped me doing anything that year, really. So okay. um, my dream of Spartathlon went out the window and I don't think I'm healthy, young enough to actually do it again. So, Oh, Jake, I want, you know what I'm going to say now? It's, <laughs> age is just a number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a friend of mine, uh, Jason Skiro, who who finished it last weekend or weekend before last. Yeah, brilliant. He went over as a as kind of like his his dream race, and uh, and yeah, got it done. So, um, but but I did notice that you um you ran the Southbounds Way Hundred this year. Is that right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I've done that three times. Excellent. Um, yeah. yeah, I noticed a lot of runners from Portsmouth actually did that this year, and I know it was a quite a, a warm race, and and I drove down to the start to uh, see a few runners off, but. Uh, Tough, tough events. You had, a, you had a really good time as well. I think it was about 20, 21 hours or so. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, 21. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. That's, that's a really good time. It's uh, something to be proud of that because it's a, it's, a, it's a tough event, especially when, when the heat is on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 Jay, quickly to kind of dive into the Sussex Trail events thing and, and kind of um, stick on topic. You mentioned earlier that you, you kind of started it with, with two mates. And I'm curious just to ask, um, because I've asked uh, on the whistle events as well, how they're, how their kind of event came together. How, how did the planning go? And, and you said you, you did it with two friends. Like, was it just kind of like a, an initial fun idea or, or did you kind of like really back it with a lot of thought and stuff? How did it go? Um, well, to be fair, uh, one of my partners, Chris Ett, his dad owns um, Enduro Man and okay. they, they put on um, something called Arch to Arc, which is running from Marble Arch to Dover, swimming the channel, and then cycling down to the Arc de Triomphe. So he's got a pretty, he's a, got a very good pedigree. He's he's run London to Brighton, um, uh, Grand Union, okay. Spine. So yeah, he's, well, he's very much up there. And my other friend, Danny, we've done the Dragons back together. Um, he's done quite a few 
really tough iron men um iron man races okay. so um we, we yeah there's, there's a lot of knowledge between the three of us and but yeah it was very you know i, I won't lie it was very scary putting the first ever race on i'm sure yeah yeah yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> When that last person ran over the line, it was brilliant. It was just like, we've done it. And that, yeah, that's how it started. And then we just sort of, it, it became a bit of a Frankenstein monster, really. Suddenly yeah. we were coming up with ideas to put that race on that. And uh, we are where we are. Oh, that's uh, that's excellent. I love that. So kind of, yeah, just naturally, naturally grew from there and stuff. And I tell you what, you're in um, such a, a wonderful area of the country as well. I always, I always say that the se- I call the second half of the South Downs um, which would be, you know, if you're coming from Winchester to Eastbourne, that second half is absolutely stunning. I mean, when you're running in, in on clear, clear days, you can see kind of all the, the Hampshire countryside and Sussex countryside one side. And then you obviously turn around, you can see the sea on the other side. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's really great. You must yeah. enjoy, um, enjoy those events and all the views up yeah. there. We, yeah. we are blessed. Yeah, definitely. That's brilliant. And I noticed on your website as well, um, you know, on top of the races that you do, you also offer some other services like coaching um, and you also organize events uh, where you get runners down to give talks and, and stuff like that. Is that, is that something that, that you guys do the coaching yourselves or do you have a, a team of coaches and, and how do the talks all work? Um, so coaching wise, I, I do, I've, I do coach two people at the moment, but we sort of spread it between us. We've got um, a very lovely lady in Seaford, Jan, who, who does most of, we pass most of it to her because she's um, such a good coach. Okay. So I usually just pass people to her. Um, the talks was something probably, pretty much probably like your podcast. We, through doing the races, we've met some awesome people and yep. we just thought it would be great just to have um, some people come down, do a talk. Try, we try to keep it at five pound a ticket. So we never pay the people that come. We just pay for their travel, put them okay. up for the night or something like that. Um, Cause we, we have approached a few people and they want silly money. Um, yeah. That's not what it's all about. It's about normal people that do, you know, yeah. Pretty much probably like your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, you say, you say normal people, people, people who are willing to just come and, and speak from, yeah. you know, the passion of the sport and stuff. So I think, I think that's great. Um, I've actually never thought about doing like anything live like that, but it, it, I guess it would be quite interesting. And you can't do any any retakes or, or edit anything out. It's it's kind of no. done done then and there. Yeah. Um, are, are, are there any of those talks that kind of stick out for you? Any any interesting guests you've had on? Or Dan Lawson. Dan Lawson is 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 an amazing talker. Um, so we've had um, I think six talks now, but the, uh, all the others came with a computer and slides, but. Dan just came and just talked um, about the joggle, about all his, he's, he just leads such a crazy life and, and he's so captivating. It was, it was a really good talk, but, and James Nelson um, from Centurion Running came. Oh, brilliant. Talked. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we've had some, and that's just through organically knowing people through the events I've done or the events we've put on. Fantastic. I think, I think that's great. And, you know, I mentioned Centurion all the time. In fact, we spoke a little bit in, in the interview um, that I'm doing for this, for this show that we're releasing this weekend with you, with yourself in it. Um, our runner that we, uh, that we spoke with there has done a few of the events. And I was just saying, you know, 
James and the Centurion events, they're, they're such a good kind of leap, uh, as kind of stepping stone into some of the like bigger mountain races and stuff because of yeah. the way they're so kind of stringent about kits uh, and the way they kind of train runners to, to run safely and stuff. I think it's kind of great. I've always had a good experience with them. So yeah, nice to pass. And then obviously Dan Lawson, you mentioned there, what a, what a great guy, Dan and Charlotte over in Shoreham and Sea. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, well, I know Dan really well because like, he's the next town along and he's always running through Worthing, uh, go for coffee with him. He's, he's just, yeah, he's got time for everyone. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Actually, I, I, I have come down a couple of times to do some clothing drops for, for rerun before. So, um, yeah. So I do sometimes uh, sometimes get to get to chat with them. So hopefully come down at some point soon and uh, and do another drop because obviously they, they do such great work. They rerun and I've had Charlotte on the show before as well as a guest. So um, always happy to to support them. Um, Jay, I was wondering if you could maybe like give us a breakdown for the listeners um, of the different kinds of of races you you put on and to kind of start with um, a few that you organise. Um, a couple stuck out for me from the list that I that I got off your website. Um, they all sound really interesting. They, they've got like amazing titles and stuff, but I noticed uh, you do something called the Dark Star River Marathon, the Aran River Marathon, um, a Beat the Tide, which I think is a 10K um, along the shoreline near Worthing, and obviously the Downslink Ultra, um, which, you've, which you've mentioned before. So, that, so those are just kind of like to name a few, but maybe you could speak, speak through some other, some other of the races that you, that you run and maybe some of the themes and, and reasons why, why you do those particular races. So I'll hand over to you. Okay, so um, off, off our big flagship race is the Downs Link, which is, like we've said before, 38-mile ultramarathon. Um, and then in January, we do something called the Dark Star that has become a bit legendary because it, it runs up a river from Shoreham up to, uh, where does it go, West Grinstead and back, but it, it is always muddy, so... The first year we put it on, it was just yep. carnage. Um, and then it became a bit of a, a legendary thing to do. So that is always great fun in January. We team up with a uh, brewery, Dark Star Brewery. You always get a, a drink at the end. Um, nice. And it's it's a great January, just carnage run. Um, from that, we picked another couple of rivers. So we've got the Aran River. Okay. Um, which is Little Hampton. There's a nice run up that. That's in May. That's more genteel, but very scenic. Um, the Lunatic Marathon, which is a nighttime run, starts at eight o'clock. So you run up, up the Ada River. Okay. The first laps in the daylight, second laps in the twilight, and the third laps in the dark. So it's a really good way to get into night running. Sounds amazing. And I love that idea. The last one is the mouth to mouth, um, which starts in Shoreham, goes up the river, along the South Downs Way, back down the Aaron, and you end up in Northampton. And all four um, marathons, you get a medal, but they all link together. They're like um, a foot long medal, which sort of meanders, and you put all four together and it makes a big picture. So it's called the River Marathon Series. So if you do all four, you get all four medals. Oh, that's amazing. I know there's going to be listeners out there hearing that going, yep, I'm going to have that. If medal. you, if you uh, look on our Facebook page, you should be able to find pictures of that. Brilliant. Um, and then we came up with in July, usually we have Beat the Tide, which basically starts on the foreshore of Worthing, 
you run along the sand as the tide's out. You run all the way out to Shoreham, turn around, come back as the tide's coming in, and hence the name. It's try to beat the tide. Okay, and the tide yeah. will go out and come back within the space of a ten k as well. Well, what we do is we start it on the lowest point of the tide. Gotcha. And it comes in as you go out and come back. So, cool. um, yeah, a couple of years we got it wrong. Um, we um, people said it wasn't aggressive enough, so we we tried to push the boat out and we sat down <laughs> with the, the lifeguards, uh, the beach office in Worthing. Okay. And um, but it caught everyone out. <laughs> oh my! So God. they had to run along the prom in the end, but that's life. How many how yeah. many runners did you lose in in the sea? <laughs> uh, no, we didn't. <laughs> they had to go up the shingle and run along the prom. Amazing, amazing. Um, and then in 2017, we, we've got some very left field marathons. Um, 2017, there used to be a um, shopping centre in Worthing called the Gilborn Centre that was a complete white elephant. It was derelict. All the shops had gone, but it had a multi-storey car park. So um, we, um, it was a seven-level multi-storey car park. Okay. Um, and we just thought that would be great to put a marathon on up and down, up and down. I think, think it was 75 times up and down this multi-story marathon. Oh, um, and we, we put it out there. Um, and bizarrely, we were oversubscribed to buy about 20. We had 50 places and it, it just went mad. Someone from Malta came over. Okay. Someone from Scotland came down to run it. Um, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I think the, that, more mental, the more mental the idea sometimes draws the uh, the bigger crowds, and especially people from overseas love that stuff, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I always say you could have a whole wall full of medals, and it's that trail marathon, that trail marathon. But when someone says, oh, what's that multi-story marathon? And it, mm. it's, it's just a different story. It's, yeah. Do you still run that one then? No, the car park got knocked down. Ah, okay, because yeah. that, that was the one that Dave Harvey wanted me to ask you about, because he, he basically just said to me in, in capital letters, make sure he puts it on again, but obviously you can't do it. Well, we can't do it there, but yep. um, I have ser- I have seriously tried looking for other multi-stories. We have somewhere in Brighton, okay. which we sort of have the go-ahead for. Um, it's in a university in Brighton, and... Um, half of them want us to do it and then the other half don't so there's a bit of wrangling but hopefully we will i, I would love to find another another multi-story marathon brilliant love yeah. i love the concept absolutely brilliant i did i i took place i took part in uh, something a couple of weeks ago which spat me out the other side unfortunately but i'm going to go back in 2023 and that was the um uh, mark cobain's the tunnel I, i've done the tunnel oh well i've done 85 miles of the tunnel Okay, so I did just slightly slightly less than you and loved it. Absolutely loved it. I can't wait to go back. What did you think of the violins? Amazing. I, it was just fascinating. I, mean, I originally thought that it was uh, Mark that was playing the violin music. Um, obviously, oh, right. Like, now it's, it's to stop well, people sleeping in it, isn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. It's just, um, it's, it's, it's complete crazy. And what's strange is that you don't hear it at the, at the entrance or the end. No, it's, it's just in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely loved it. I can't wait to go back. I'm, it's a shame he's not doing it next year, but um, 2023 is the, the year I'm going to I'm gonna get that done, I think. Yeah. So I look forward to it. Are you going to head back to it at all and try it again? I, I would love, yeah, that's one of my go back. Um, I know Mark very well, actually. He's a good okay. friend. So, Excellent. yeah. 
yeah I, I met him for the first time a couple of weeks ago and yeah what, what a sound guy um and his team that he had there as well were just were just so so great so yeah it was a lovely event so anyway sorry to disturb you oh yeah you were saying so right, just, so oh, after yeah. that we sort of um realized that south end pier was the longest pleasure pier in the world at mile long cool so we thought you got to put a a marathon on itself and pier so <laughs> sounds good <laughs> um, uh, yeah i think it was 2018 the first one so um we have tried to go back um again self and council are very hard to deal with um 2019 okay. they just cancelled two weeks before on us and oh no yeah, it was yeah it was um but we are that is at the end of the month so we are going back with everyone that was from the cancelled marathon, um, that's always a yeah, it's, it's an amazing marathon. Awesome. Have you got any, have uh, you got any spaces for that? <laughs> it's sold out at the moment, but if you email me, I could um yeah, we could do something. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, what did we do? Uh, Twenty eighteen, the Albion. We did a, a marathon round Brighton and Hove, Albion ground. Okay. So that was um loads of laps of Brighton and Hove Albion Brilliant. on their, their new ground. Um, and 2019, we probably did the maddest one we've done, which was the Green Mile Marathon, which was in Shepton Mallet Prison. Um, so that was in the 60 lap area, but including all the steps of a Victorian prison. Amazing. Um, there is a video, it did make the BBC, there's a video on YouTube of of the green mile so people wanted to check that out and that is on in november and that's still got about 20 places i think so oh jay i tell you what jay i i I knew you had some good races on but you've actually like really tingled my uh my excitement levels over here because i i love the idea of of those kind of events they're they're just so different um and obviously the the trail ones trail ones are fantastic I, I, i love a good trail marathon i tend to kind of stick away from the concrete stuff um myself but that yeah that those sound really good so uh i, I will definitely be in touch <laughs> yeah so um I, I, do you have caterers at the start and finish of, of your events have you, have you got some like you, you mentioned the brewery earlier and stuff but do you normally have like, coffee uh, yeah and- so the dark star and funny enough the downs think we've got um danny's wife does chili and again that's become famous she makes chili for everyone oh, great. Um, and yeah that's just yeah just amazing Excellent. And I was going to ask you, obviously, a lot of races these days and, and race directors rely on a kind of like a, almost like a, I'm going to call it a network of, of volunteers each, each year. So I was just wondering um, who you bring in to, to support your events and, and, you know, do things like tailwalker and turnaround points and sweeper and stuff. Do you, and how do you manage that? Um, just people who've done our events, really. Um, okay. As, as well, any race director would tell you, you just, can't put races on without goodwill of other people um it's a two-way thing i mean we always look after our volunteers we always feed them they always get a free race entry but you know like like the downs link on sunday coming up um one of us does the timing one of us does the end and i will be following the course down but we'll have five aid stations with at least four to five people on those aid stations Okay. And we couldn't do it without them. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, that, that, that's, that's great that you, that you do that and offer that as, a, as an incentive. But like you say, most of the time volunteers do it 
do it for the love of it and to kind of it almost feels like you're kind of giving back to uh, exactly exactly to the experience which is great yeah um that's fantastic so so listen jay just to summarize you've got a couple of events coming up this year still um you said you still got about 20 spaces left for the green mile marathon so so listeners out there who might be listening going oh these sound good what would you recommend that maybe they, they take a look at for the rest the remainder of this year um so the downs link sold out now um yeah it's just a green mile we've got left we are trying to set up this uh a dark link which is a 10k head torch run um up the river i was trying to do it on halloween night but the council okay aren't really playing ball um but we will probably go back to full racing next year so it will be the dark star in january cool um and then our full list of marathons from there yeah excellent cool cool and and remind me what your website is again so that so anybody listening might might want to head over and, and take a look yeah it's sussextrailevents.com.com brilliant excellent are you guys on social media platforms as well instagram? we've got a facebook page and the instagram um yeah excellent listeners go and check it out those races sound amazing definitely going to be heading over to to try some of those myself and Jay, listen, I just wanted to say thanks because obviously this is uh, a little bit out of your area and stuff. So I really appreciate you coming on. And we're not too far away, obviously. We're, we're, we're kind of like next door-ish. So um, yep. hopefully you see some runners from Portsmouth or more runners from Portsmouth coming over to, to try some of your events. So very much appreciate it. It's been fantastic to meet you. And I will definitely come over and say hello when I, when I come over to one of your events. Oh, definitely. Be good to see you. Cool. Thanks, Jay. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Good. Hi, Twig, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Uh, I guess to start with, how are you keeping today? Uh, not bad, all things considered. A bit, bit miserable because I can't run this weekend because I've got dodgy back that's playing up. But, oh, no. Uh, yeah, you were about to go on a, um, on a, was it a 50k or was it a marathon? Or 50 miler? 50 miler, yeah. Um, it was one of my running, <laughs> running compatriots. Needs to qualify for the Thames Path for next year, so he was heading off up to Rotherham for a 50 miler, and I said I'd tag along and give him some moral support. But unfortunately, uh, I can't run uh, a kilometre, let alone 50 miles. So. Oh no, that's... what a shame. Okay, so so is he on his own now, or has somebody um, replaced, or will he be okay? Yeah, he's he's big enough and ugly enough to look after himself, but he's on his own, unfortunately. Brilliant. Okay, I guess su such is the way, and and I, I think a lot of us will will know, especially the listeners and, and and myself certainly will know that when that happens, it's it is literally a case of well, that's that's just part of the game. So uh, so got to crack on with it. But yeah, hopefully hopefully he'll be okay for the round Rotherham. So uh, yeah, shame shame to hear that. But I guess um, Twig, uh, people are probably wondering why I'm calling you Twig. So <laughs> maybe maybe you can explain that a little bit, just uh, yourself rather than me trying to trying to muddle my words. Um, yeah, it's, it's a nickname I've had ever since I was in Cub Scouts because I used um, I'm not exactly built like a brick outhouse, and uh, they came up with the nickname Twig at the time, and it's stuck, and it's what everyone calls me since. In fact, when I first was going out with my wife, she phoned home and asked to speak to Anthony, and I was still living at home at the time, and my mum shouted up the stairs, "Twig, it's for you." So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, and it's, it's, it seems to work because everybody remembers it anyway. That's amazing. That's amazing, Twig. Um, do, you know, I, I get a very similar thing these days because um, I play in a in a bagpipe band, so I'm I'm a piper, and um, often, you know, before I was a runner, I was in a pipe band, and obviously, since I've taken up the running, especially the long distance running, um, I have kind of um shed a lot of weight and uh, you know got I guess a little bit slimmer in 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 my build, 
Um, so whenever I turn up a band, I get I get all sorts of comments. And and the best one I can remember, which is kind of like I guess similar, was somebody somebody referred to me as, um, and I was dressed quite well at the time. They they referred to me as a well dressed X ray, <laughs> which was uh, <laughs> I wasn't too sure kind of how to take that, but I but yeah, it did it did make me uh, it did make me laugh. Um, but listen, we um we obviously got in touch with um with each other through I can't remember who it was. I think it was initially through Strava, was it? I think we we kind of follow each other on there. Yeah, I think we lurk on each other's lines. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then obviously, I kind of um, got got to know you a little bit through there, and kind of follow following your running a little bit. And then obviously on social media, on Twitter and stuff like that, um, and noticed that you kind of were had your own kind of journey going on with um, with Parkinson's as well. So you've got the the Twitter handle. I think it's Puck, Puck Parkinson's. Is that right? Yeah, if you um, swear and swap the letter the P and the F around, then yeah, that's got that's the gist of it. Yeah, it's a nice way of kind of like doing it a little bit subtly, isn't it? With uh, with with making sure there's no kind of swear words in there to offend anybody. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, because because I was uh, using it the other way around, and my mum objected, so I swapped it around out of politeness for her, and it seems to, it seems to work quite well. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, Twig, I'm sure everyone's wondering what your full name is and everything like that. So I'm going to pass over to you to give um, a kind of full introduction to yourself uh, and perhaps maybe um, a little bit about what you do. And of course, you're, you're running as well. So so yeah, just a quick kind of a uh, kind of minute introduction. Well, the one minute introduction, gosh, uh, yeah, it's Anthony Rhodes. Um, I originally grew up in Essex, um, but moved down to Hampshire about 20 odd years ago now because I met my wife. And she was in the Navy, so it's easy to move down here. Okay. Um, um, uh, I work in Chichester as an accountant. So, yes, I fight the good fight against HMRC on a regular basis. Aha. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, Difficult fight. It certainly is these days. There's a lot more red tape around. I'm sure. Crikey. Wow. Well, I, I, if you know what you're doing there, kudos to you. Because, uh, yeah, that's always uh, it's always nightmarish when, when anybody has to deal with that kind of stuff. I, I know I... I get a kind of sick feeling in my stomach whenever it comes to kind of tax returns and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's never the easiest. They don't, they don't make it very simple. No, no, no. In fact, it makes, it makes the ultra running easy because I think you, um, you ran this year's South Downs Way 100. Is that right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was warm work. <laughs> uh, I, I did the tennis path last year and said never again. And then, um, yeah, yep. Julie signed up for South Downs. Why does that happen? Why do we do that to ourselves, um, Twig? It's just, you know, you kind of finish a race and you you, you realise what the pain's like and, and the discomfort and all the all the time you've put in an effort and all kind of hits you at the end of the race. And then the next day, you're basically back on the websites, clicking clicking mouse buttons and entering races. So. Yeah, I think, I think it took me about three days to be able to walk again after Thames. And at that point, I messaged my wife and said, just looking at the South Downs way and her comments were, oh my <laughs> were, goodness. were appropriate, shall I say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a really hot year, wasn't it? And there were there were so many Portsmouth runners doing the race this year. And and you know we've we've covered it um, not not to death, but we've kind of mentioned it quite a few times. That uh, I think there's there's quite a few runners um, and and you know runners and ultra runners in the area doing the Centurion events now. And I think um, yeah, they're, they're they're very good. How do you, how do you find them all? Um, I, I think they're wonderful. It's um, they're really well organised, James. James is a really considerate and thoughtful run director. Um, his briefings are fantastic, and I don't think he leaves any stone unturned in his efforts to be uh, on top on top of everything. 
and uh, it just takes time out for you as well when it needs to. So. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I've, you know, I've had a conversation with James um, at one of the one of the running shows before, and and kind of I said I said to him that his his races are so like you say, there's no stone left unturned. Um, and what it does, I think it builds such a good base for for people entering the the ultra running world, like like myself, like I like I did. My first hundred miler was with them, and I'm so pleased that I kind of did that because you know going off and doing some of the mountain races later on, like going over to UTMB, um, you almost feel kind of well prepared because you know they they tend to kind of like focus a lot on on ensuring that you have the right kits, the right head torches batteries everything so you kind of i think it's a really good kind of not a stepping stone as such because obviously you know people people use those races as, as their life lifetime kind of ambitions of, of racing and things but you can then move on to to more difficult difficult races and there's there's so much to learn from james and, and the team at centurion so um yeah so it was good but twig apart from the running any other hobbies um and stuff that you that you spend your time doing a bit of cycling here and there and uh, i did play uh, yeah, I did play cricket until the Parkinson's took hold a bit more. It gave, gave me the yips when bowling, so that was a definite no-no. At least that's what I'm putting it down to, anyway. Okay, okay. Do do you find did you find that the with with these with the symptoms and the effects of of the medication and Parkinson's itself did that actually cause you to have to actually physically stop playing the cricket? Was were you having too many issues with it? Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, there's there's too much going on to be able to enjoy the game fully. So. Uh, Okay. Okay. Because you're in a team, you don't want to let everybody down. Yeah, absolutely. I guess. Yeah, I guess that you kind of got that playing on your mind and stuff. But there's, this yeah, the team, the team involved is interesting. Um, because oh, I was also like really keen during this, uh, this chat between us to kind of work out how you manage the the racing and especially something like a hundred miler where there's just, oh, I mean, it's a, it's a whole day of things that can go right and things that can go wrong. And I'm curious to know how you manage, um. The medication that you're on and symptoms along with all that training that goes on for you know a year to six months before a race like that i mean is is there anything that you have to do differently yeah there's there's several bits from from fueling because um the parkinson's medication i'm on um it, it, it needs amino acids to take it on board which and they they react with the proteins that are in your digestive system so if you've eaten any protein, they react with that instead. So they don't they ignore the medication so it's not as effective. So I can't I can't take on board any protein during a race or in the lead up to a race. So okay. it's carbs only throughout the race, which is really frustrating because you go past the checkpoint and there's loads of like my my favorite food and snack is like the, the mini eggs, the scotch eggs, the mini eggs. And oh, it's yeah. just like it's they're almost dribbling and then just like I can't touch them. Because otherwise my meds won't work and I won't be able to run. So I have okay. to be very careful. So luckily I've found that um, I can tolerate tailwind for 24 hours straight. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So yeah, although uh, towards the end of the Thames Path last year, some woman did offer me a uh, McDonald's um uh, as I say part of their breakfast and it is um the hash brown. Was, okay. In my mind, because I was slightly delirious, I thought she said chocolate brownie. And I was like, oh, no, I couldn't face that. And I thought, no, no, she said hash brown. And I was like, yes, please, I will have that. But it was right to <laughs> the end. So it doesn't, so I thought I could get away with it. Amazing, so, amazing. I, 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 see what, 
there's something in the McDonald's um, twig that uh, that fuels you well at the end of a race because I've I've I had the experience at Kenneth and Avon this year and yeah the McDonald's that I, that I was fed um, after 24 hours really picked me up for the rest of the race so it's it's opposite. I don't know what they put in them but the it's good it's definitely good. Um, yeah, I mean that's a fantastic run through that that length distance in that time was just phenomenal. So uh, yeah, well done. Oh yeah, cheers. Yeah, no, it was good. It was it was excellent. And and yeah, obviously well done to you for managing that and, and obviously tailwind for 24 hours. I I did it once. I think I may have done it twice, actually, tailwind. The first time for 26 and a half hours, which was um which was the first South Downs way. Uh the second time a, a hotter day, but the same thing for 20 hours. Uh, I after that I can't drink it anymore. I think just those two prolonged experiences with it just just put me off the taste. Um do you, do you not do you not get that at all, or is it like a kind of almost like a bad like a bad hangover kind of drink that you don't want to go back to? No, I find I'm fine with it um, even after 24 hours. It's just it's fine. I did, I did stop at a couple of the aid stations just to grab a mouthful of coke on the way through, but uh, that was just, that was it. The rest of the time, it was all on tailwind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we've we've mentioned we've mentioned the Parkinson's a little bit, but um, yeah. Twig, I was going to give you maybe the chance. Obviously, you've done you know you you know a lot about this disease now how it's affected you and and your family and 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 everything around it but there might be people out there who maybe don't know um you know a lot about it so maybe give you a chance to kind of um describe what it is and 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 maybe like just you know a couple of minutes of of how it's kind of affected you as as a runner yeah sure um parkinson's disease was recognized a while ago um but it's Basically, there's um, the motor, motor control neurons at the base of the brain die off. Um, everybody gets it if you live long enough. So, okay. Because uh, that's, that's why it's mainly seen as a disease of the old. But you can get it from, I mean, the, young, the youngest guy I know of, he had it since he was eight. He's in his 40s now. But uh, it's basically the, the neurons die off and you gradually lose, lose control of bits of your body. Okay. Um, you end up with, I mean, the shaking is the obvious symptom that everyone associates with Parkinson's, but it's, yes. there's a load of other symptoms as well, such as sleeplessness, disturbed nights, fatigue, apathy, constipation, dribbling. Um, there's loads of loads of non-motor symptoms that go with it as well. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, the medication mitigates some of those, but not all of them. Are. And uh, yeah, and there is no cure yet. Yeah, because they're making big strides at the moment, but uh, they're still they're still groping uh, their way towards the final goal. Yeah, and I th- I think I read I don't know um you know a lot about it as much as you do. Obviously, you've, you've researched over the over the years um, dealing with it, but um you know people can live kind of full lives with it. Um, obviously managing it with with medication. Is that right? You can live. As best of life you can with it, yeah. It's inevitably downhill, and uh, there are there are other bit treatments as well as medication. They can do deep brain stimulation, which is where they put electrodes in the base of the brain to give you a bit of a boost. Okay. So, sounds quite quite a scary prospect, but um, yeah, you end up with a with a battery attached to your rib cage that has to be uh, recharged occasionally. But, uh, wow. So, yeah. And, okay. Uh, uh, I know a few people who've had that done and uh, it's made a world of difference. In fact, some, some of them have seen have gone out running again afterwards, which is, uh, yeah. fingers crossed, I'll be able to do one day if it gets that bad. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's phenomenal what what you're achieving with your with your running at the moment and with everything that you've got going on. So, uh, so yeah, pro- proper inspirational stuff. And and you know, I remember seeing all your posts on on Facebook and and Strava and stuff when you'd finished the uh, the Southlands Way hundred and, and Thames Path before that. And yeah, just absolutely amazing that you're that you're still doing these races. So I, I I very much admire your your attitude that you've got with it all. So it's so it's fantastic to have you on. Thank you. So Twig, I, I guess I'm um, rewinding things a bit from from the hundred mile journey that we've that we've spoken about, and then all the way back to the start. You told me that um, the running kind of really wasn't part of your childhood, apart from the usual stuff at school that we hear very often, taking part in in cross country and stuff. But um, just to find out uh, a, a little bit more about kind of those early days, um, where did you grow up, and how did you end up on the south coast again? Because I think you you just mentioned you kind of moved down down here to uh, when you met your wife. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a town called Great Dunmo in Essex. It's sort of near Stansted Airport, so it, but it's quite rural. Uh, well, it was at the time. It's been built up again since. Um, and um, I've always been in the Scouts since uh, since I was in the Cubs. And I was in the, uh, I became a leader and joined the, um, the Essex Scout Mountain Activities team. Yes, there aren't many mountains in Essex. We used to go all over the place. Okay. And... Uh, and I ran an expedition in 97 to the French Alps. And um, my to-be wife was on that expedition. And that's when we got together. Brilliant. Um, but she was she was in the Navy at the time. And it's easier for me as an accountant to relocate down to the South Coast rather than for her to find a deep water port in Essex. Yeah. So that's how it came. That's how I ended up down on the South Coast. And, Brilliant. And yeah, my running at that time was confined to basically um, trotting around the hills. If I'd lost any anything or dropped anything out of my rucksack, because I was just hill walking mainly at the time. Okay, cool. That's how I was keeping fit. Building a good base, uh, a base with the strong legs there, walking up and hiking up hills, which is fantastic. Now, I, I was going to mention as well, um, Twig, my my son Joel, uh, he's now in the Scouts, having moved up from from Beavers and Cubs. And, and isn't it really just like such a good thing? I mean, I I always had when I first um, kind of you know used to go pick him up and used to go and watch some of the some of the sessions there with the with the Cubs and Beavers. I always thought, wow, this is this is like a little bit chaotic. But the more the more he's kind of gone on through the groups and stuff, I just think there's such a nice atmosphere and such a nice variety of activities that they do with the kids. And the fact that it all kind of seems chaos and stuff is brilliant because they become such a tight unit. Uh, and they all know each other really well, and I think it's just such a fantastic organisation. Um, you obviously have positive, uh, positive memories of it all, and uh, you know being involved in it yourself. Are you still doing things? I am. Uh, yeah, I was, I was in the South Wales Hills last weekend assessing some leaders so they could take scouts out in future. And weekend after next, I'm out helping a DOE uh, practice expedition that you know, the uh, scouts are doing. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all still going on. Excellent. Yeah, it's, it's such a great thing. And I, uh, you know, hats off to all of you guys that do that do all the volunteering there and, uh, you know, get the kids involved in all the fire making and axe throwing and all sorts of things. I just I just think it's brilliant. I wish it's something that, that I had done uh, when I was when I was a lad, but uh, unfortunately not. But yeah, I get to kind of relive it through him, which is great. <laughs> so you can always go and help out. <laughs> that is true they have tried they have tried to get me involved before because i spend a lot of time kind of watching the sessions and, and I'm, i was very tempted I'm, I'm still very tempted to do it but 
um, I'm, I've got a habit of saying yes to a lot of things and, uh, and, and ending up with too much on my plate. So I'm, I'm staying away for now, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, you got it right there. Best not let people down by saying yes to too much. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, so listen, once you were settled down in the area, um, I believe that some of your friends suggested to you that you, that you try out something called the OM or the OMM, which is the, I think it stands for the original mountain marathon. Um, and then you went on to kind of continue to do um, some of those marathons for like a number of years, including something called the LAM, which I'd never heard of, which is the, the low Alpine mountain marathon. Can you explain kind of what those are and, and perhaps maybe how, like how they, how they'd compare to like a traditional marathon that, that some of the listeners might be, uh, might be wondering about? Yeah. Um, basically the, the OM, which is called now the original mountain marathon. It used to be called the Carrymore International Mountain Marathon, the Kim, but it's basically a, two-day um, event and the there's various classes but you have to carry your, all your stuff on your back for those two days so you have to carry a tent sleeping bag spare clothes food stove oh wow uh, okay for two days um and there's various classes so you um you've got the elites who do have to do marathon distance each day including the hill climbs and everything else. Whereas us, us lowly plebs, we, we can do the easier courses, which means it's about 20, 20 odd K a day. Um, but you're, you're, it's also, uh, it's a navigational challenge as well, because okay. uh, you're given a big map and there's, there's sort of two classes you can do. There's the, the linear classes, which is basically you've given the map and the checkpoints are laid out in order and you have to go in order to do those checkpoints. Um, you start at checkpoint one and you finish at checkpoint 10 or wherever and you've got to complete them in order and it's just basically timed on that route the other option is the score class where your map is populated with all the checkpoints and it's up to you to go to as many checkpoints as you can do in the time you've been given but if oh wow you turn okay. up late if you turn up late to the finish you get points knocked off and so each checkpoint is worth a different score so therefore it's not just the time you take it's also the score you get during the day for the number of checkpoints you visit so okay. It's a bit of self self route planning on that one. So, so it, it, I guess uh, I guess it, w- it would come under like an orienteering event. It, it is basically orienteering with a rucksack on your back and lasting two days, um, and then you get to the overnight campsite and uh, chill out in the evening, and uh, and then get up the following day and sit and and repeat. Yeah. Okay. Amazing, absolutely amazing. I think there's been like 53 years or something, or 54 years of, of on marathon. So it's like quite kind of yeah. set in traditionally, isn't it? It's like become quite a quite a kind of platform. I'm sure some of my other guests have done them as well. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's, I, it's really yeah. popular, and uh, they, they do it all over the place. The first year I did it was down in Dartmoor, which was interesting, shall we say, for the overnight campsite. It's a bit remote, okay, and um, so they couldn't they couldn't get the usual uh, sort of festival toilets in so they had to put some bucket and chuck it buckets up on the hillside so oh, lovely. plastic plastic sheeting on ropes and posts where it would be exposed so most of the plastic sheeting had blown away in the wind by the time you got to use it on the sunday morning so you oh, had a room with a view shall we say i can't think of anything worse twig <laughs> you've got to have a comfortable um, toilet that's, that's all i'm saying <laughs> we'll leave well, it there it was comfortable it was just a bit um exposed <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so, so I did an event, um, which I think, uh, you know, Dave and I are going to cover in the intro to this, to this show, um, a couple of weekends ago called the tunnel, which is basically a very minimal supported event where last year they had a chemical toilet at the start. 
Um, and I believe that after about 40 hours of this, of this race, because it was a fairly long event, um, the chemical toilet was something that you really didn't want to go and visit because it was just awful, apparently. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but <laughs> this year they had a proper portaloo, which was better. So um, I was pleased that I, that I didn't have to uh, brace myself for that experience. <laughs> it sounds like the tunnel would have been enough of a test of endurance for the healthy facilities as well. Yeah, I know. Oh, but yeah, it was it was good. Actually, the, this toilet had my name written on it. It was actually a Dan for some reason. So uh, um, I don't know why everyone else was using it. But anyway, so listen, jumping back a bit um, to the second year, you went, you, know, you did um, one of the mountain marathons. Um, you also agreed to take part in a triathlon. Um, and I think, you know, I think you said to me that the, 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 you had a friend who was basically, you know, suggesting that you try these events. And it's the same friend keeps coming up somebody called Kate who keeps suggesting that you do these events. So um, it's always friends that normally stitch us up. So, so what was going on there? Yeah, it's, um, it's just one of the hill walking crew. Um, she's, uh, uh, she's enthusiastic, shall we say, about okay. doing uh, physical challenges and stuff. And um, yeah, Jim, my other half, is uh, one of my best mates. And so it's just... And she just made it sound so much fun. It was just like, yep, okay, we'll go and do this then. And she said, yeah, after we'd done a couple of the mountain marathons, she said, yeah, let's do a triathlon as well. It's like, yeah, okay. So a bit of swimming <laughs> and a bit of cycling in addition to the running. What yeah, could yeah, possibly yeah. go wrong? Of course. Well, what could possibly go wrong apart from bikes and swimming and, and the running itself? And oh my goodness. So um, so I always joke about this. You know, there's, there's always, you know, we all have friends who are, who are there, hey, let's go and do this people but it's it is so funny because it's almost like a stitch up isn't it you know you say yes to these things and then suddenly you're in a whole world of training and preparing yourself for, for something and you just think oh my goodness why did i say yes <laughs> it's you know i think i'm just a bit of a masochist at heart but uh, yeah yeah i know I, I know the feeling i know the feeling so so obviously this this um this triathlon you agreed to do obviously eventually led you to joining a group that all of the listeners will know portsmouth triathletes um, all the listeners will know that they meet uh, opposite the coffee cup on the seafront. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of joining the club and um, and all the wonderful members that you mentioned in your write up and and all the learning that you, that you kind of got done there for triathlon. Yeah, it's, um, well, when I, when Kate suggested doing the, this uh, triathlon, we signed up for the, the Olympic distance um, London triathlon, uh, the Virgin Run out of the Excel Centre in Docklands. Thought, okay, fair enough, Olympic distance, how hard can it be? And then so uh, just before Christmas, I went down the swimming, local swimming pool at Waterlooville with the kids and said, right, race you. And uh, I haven't really swum since I was at school. So I did half length before I had to give up. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to get some training in to do this seriously. So I, um, I emailed um, Pompey Try and... Uh, they replied and gave me all the information that I needed. And so in the new year, I was um, at Haven Academy at the tiny swimming pool they've got there um, with Alex Campbell, the swimming coach, trying to not meet, <laughs> not do my invitation with a brick as I was uh, hitting the bottom of the pool with my legs. It's for some reason, uh, blokes have heavy legs. And if your legs are quite long as mine are, it seems to be even more of a disadvantage. Okay. But, um, but uh, we, we had, um, it's quite good, quite fun times down in that pool. Um, and uh, and uh, 
it's, uh, it's quite a steep learning curve when you haven't swum for about 20 odd years properly um, yeah. to get everything right. And it, I mean, there's no way you can be a, a brown lead, but uh, you can, you can not, resemble, <laughs> not resemble something just flashing around in the shallow end. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think like with just a little bit of like a few minor technique uh, adjustments and changes i think you can kind of go to become quite a kind of kind of competent swimmer or, or able certainly able to move quicker in the water i believe so it's all it's all technique with the swimming is that is that right it, it certainly is it, it really does make a big difference and uh, they did a they did a, a session up at uh, petersfield up at, the, up at the, uh, private school where they did they got the video cameras out as well and okay was a real eye real eye opener to how your form was in water that uh, that really helped that's good. Yeah, that's excellent. The club certainly seems seems really great. You know, I'm used to seeing them after South Sea Park run or, or on the weekends, often when I'm when I'm running along the front. And there just always seems to be tables out with lots of food. It's almost like a kind of big party every uh, every time I go there, which which does look good. It looks very social. Yeah, the, the cakes are fantastic. Not that that's a big big decision in you know anything to do with triathlon at all. But, you know, <laughs> I run for I run for cake. So it's yeah. Uh, I think it's like a common theme with runners, isn't it? We'll, we, I will run for food, for lots, for all the food. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, listen, how, how was the triathlon for you? And uh, you know, what, what was your, what was your kind of experience of it and stuff? Did you uh, did you, did you get on okay? Um, yeah, it's um, it was really really great because um, uh, we it's, the the weather was cool enough so we could actually swim in swim in a wetsuit and. Uh, it makes it so much easier in a wetsuit i've found because it just makes you so much more buoyant it's, uh, it's slightly cheating i think but I'll, I'll take everything i can get and the organization itself at excel was really good um there is hundreds and hundreds of bikes wrapped up there so you can imagine the acres of space that takes up inside and there's so many helpers that are just pointing you in the right direction so because when you get out the swim it's a bit disorientating yeah yeah and uh, but they give you a pre a pre swim pep talk. The guy there was um, slightly bonkers. I think he had a sort of bandana on his head, and, uh, getting everybody to jump up and down and do all sorts of things before they got in the water. Okay. And, uh, the swim itself was was fine. The weather was nice. It wasn't choppy. It's pretty easy to see where you have fisty cuffs as you get from mass start as well. In the swim, there's, there's no way around it. You expect to get slapped a few times as you go. And, yeah. But uh, I managed to remember where I parked my bike, which is quite nice because I remember seeing some guy frantically running up and down at least three rows while I was doing my transition. Got the right yeah. bike was parked, and uh, then soggered off into London. And they had closed roads, so it's it really great because you end up cycling all the way to Westminster and back. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay, so it's qu quite a kind of like scenic, scenic route then. Yeah, although most of the time you head down and uh, you sort of head down and. Uh, tunnel vision as you're trying to tank it along but uh, at the turnaround for Westminster you sort of pop your head up and say oh that's where I am yeah head back again the only problem is because it's Docklands and they're trying to fit a 10k run in it does end up being a bit wiggly yeah I can imagine yeah <laughs> they, they had a couple of they had a spray hose in there because it was a warm day and uh, that helped cool down as well so excellent the, around the Excel center there's quite a bit of support as well so that's a, it's a it's a good event well, congrats to you. I've, uh, you know, I've never been brave enough to get on a bike, so uh, let alone swim in the uh, in the sea. Although I keep threatening to go and join uh, 
Pete uh, and the crew at the the South Sea Swim Swim Run team, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that'd be interesting one day. I want to go and I want to go and do a little bit of filming with them just to kind of see what it is that they they get up to. So so hopefully I'll go and experience some of that soon. But um, just like in uh, I'm gonna, gonna gonna do a very cheesy kind of Star Wars reference here. You know where where hate leads to anger, anger leads to whatever, and eventually to the dark side. Um, your triathlon led to you taking part in an Ironman, and once again. Your friend Kate was involved in this, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, I'm just easily led. Um, there we go. We need. We, yeah, we, we, we should have got Kate on here just to kind of, uh, kind of speak speak up for herself about how she's kind of got you involved in all this. But I know I, th- I think it's great, you know, that friends kind of do 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 this. So uh, yeah. So so how was the Ironman? So obviously triathlon to Ironman. That's quite a jump. Yeah, um, but it's, I don't know. I always looked to the next step, and every time I've done it, and. Um, once you've done the, the Olympic distance, you start looking a bit more. And there's the half man, which I also signed up for as well, just as a stepping stone. Um, but I decided to use the the outlaw um, triathlon or the outlaw um, Ironman distance rather than the pucker Ironman, um, just because it's it's up, it's up in Nottingham where some friends of ours, some other friends of ours live, so it's just easy for the accommodation, the logistics, um, and so it's in the it's in the rowing centre at Hurst Pierpoint. Okay. Um, so it, it's really easy on the swim because you go out with the bank on one side, crossover, and come out with the bank on the other side. So it's it's quite easy for sighting and, and not getting lost. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's good. Yeah, because I've, I've seen some events where people are, you, you, you look from the outside and you think, how how does everyone know where they're going? Because it's it's uh, yeah. so yes, tricky. I, I have done a few triathlons where I've wandered around the lake a bit randomly at times. Yeah. Wow, absolutely crazy. So so the, now that you did that, did you go ahead and get yourself an Iron Man tattoo? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, there is a tattoo I'm tempted to get, but the, the wife doesn't approve of them anyway. But uh, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting an Iron Man tattoo. Okay, I know, I know many who finish them do do go ahead and get them. Normally, on the is it is it meant to be on the calf muscle, or do they get it? Do they get it at, at other places as well? I mean, I think the standard place is on the calf muscle. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, oh, don't know about that. Like you go, you go through all that pain to do that, and then you have to go and kind of get go through the pain of getting getting the stamp on the calf muscle. I think I think I'm with you, Twig. I'm, I, w- I wouldn't get it done. <laughs> Just stay away from that at all. But uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to also briefly touch on parkrun because I think um, you mentioned to me being a member of uh, Portsmouth Triathletes. Um, I think through that group, parkrun was something that that they introduced you to. Uh, although I think you said you you may have been running up at Queen Elizabeth Country Park run, is that right? Yeah, I mean, because I live up um, loved in North of Waterlooville. Um, yep. Uh, Queen Elizabeth Country Park is right on my doorstep, really. Great. It's, it's a beautiful place to run. And, it is. Uh, yeah. It's, it's my happy place. I have to say, it's, it's wherever you know, just chill chill out on a run wherever I'll just go there. Um, um, the last couple of years, I found a nice route to actually run up there and back. Okay. Which is about half marathon distance in length, so it's quite handy for training. But, um, Does that actually go know, all the way to the to the to the cafe in the park? Uh, it comes in the, the sort of at the back end towards the Charlton side of the park, so you can run around the exit, run around the side of the park from there, taking in part of the park run route actually to get ah, to the yes, okay, to okay. The cafe, so. And then when you're there, it's rude not to have cake if they're open. So it's, 
Absolutely, absolutely. I think I ran a little bit of that route recently where I went off to Idsworth Church and then came yes. back in via the outskirts. Yeah, what ran past ran yep. past the pub, that, the Red Lion. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That is exactly the route on the top of the Beacon Hill. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's, it's such such a good route. And Queen Elizabeth Country Park Run is one that um, a lot of park runners kind of stay clear of because of the hill, but I actually find it like like quite an interesting route, actually. It's really I mean it's tough and really hilly. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite, one of my favorite park runs. So do you still, are you still running those at the moment? Uh, at the moment I'm injured, but, um, when I can do, I, I ran it recently, but, uh, it's, it's my favorite park run of them all. So it's, it's, it's the fact that it's not as busy as others because you end up with sort of 70 to hundred on average, which is quite low numbers for a park run. And it just keeps it more intimate, I think. And okay. Okay, cool. The scenery there is, yeah, just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You, you run through the year, it just varies so much from the, the spring through the summer. And then when you get to the autumn, golden brown colours, it's just the best time of year. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm going I'm to be heading up there probably after the Great South Run for a, for a few weekends of, of training on the hill. So, yeah, really looking forward to that and can't wait to get back on onto the South Downs way. Uh, Ethan Newbury, also known as the Ginger Runner, uh, Twig, somebody you, you you mentioned as well in the information you sent me. Obviously, I, I know of him. Uh, some of the listeners may know of him, but perhaps maybe you could give like a brief introduction to his channel and, and perhaps maybe kind of like how he helps inspire you um, with the running and, and perhaps maybe kind of your introduction into the ultra world. Yeah, um, Ethan Newbury, he, he used to... Uh, I don't know if he still does, but he used to be a stand-up comedian. Um, oh, really? Then, That's interesting. Yeah. And then he um, got into running and um, started a YouTube channel up called The Ginger Runner. And in it, he does various reviews. He was doing loads of reviews of um, That's right. shoes and packs and gear. And, and then he's expanded to do, well, basically a regular show on youtube and as a podcast and i got into it because i'd seen people with running packs on and i thought that could be quite handy for doing marathons with having a bit of a running pack on to hold all the gear um because i was running with just a bum belt and struggling and because of my hiking i had a big rucksack and it was just like well that's not very practical either because it just bounces all over the place so i was looking at the sort of running vests and thought they look quite nice and so I was just googling for some reviews on them and uh, came across his channel and then he was mentioning about ultra marathons it's like what's an ultra marathon oh I see and thought yeah well that's a step up and as usual it's like yeah there's something else to look forward to so an aim for so cool got me into the world of ultra marathons too Oh, Twig, Twig, I, you know, I love hearing you say that because it's like I can relate to that so much about, you know, when you see that next step or that next level up, you you literally just are, are, are scrambling for it, aren't you? You're just like, yep, that's something I just got to try. <laughs> yeah, it's um, part of the Ironman training and stuff. I'd, I'd signed up for the um, Portsmouth Coastal Marathon um, with Rob, Rob Piggott and uh, yep. did that and uh, was looking for something else to do on top of and further than that. So. Brilliant. Excellent. And so, so you entered the Chilton Wonderland 50 miler, which again, you know, we've mentioned them already Centurion running. Uh, that's one I've not done myself, so I don't know too, too much about it, but, um, 
but how was um how was it for you how, how was the race how was the training for it um everything go to plan well the, the training my training's always been a bit random because i just tend to run up hills and uh, hopefully that'll work um, cool and um it was the first year that uh, centurion running and run that event um, okay children wonder and they'd added it to their calendar and it um starts at um goring on thames and heads off around um some pretty six wonderful scenery um it takes in uh the village out of the of dibley um runs through there and it also takes in the windmill that's in uh, chitty chitty bang bang um, oh really how nice okay yeah it's it's, it's really silly unfortunately you approach the hill that hill from the other side of the valley so you've got this descent in front of you and then you can see the steep hill on the other side of it which is something not to look forward to um but it's it was my first uh, longer than a marathon run and uh, i really enjoyed it and uh, got around in about nine hours something i thought yeah i can definitely enjoy doing more of these and excellent so, so a good experience overall, which is which is fantastic to hear. Yeah, and you got round. I was hooked after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got round in a decent time as well. But um, I think you did mention to me that during the the training for this race, uh, you'd taken a really bad fall. And I think I think you you said to me that you do have pictures of this fall somewhere, and it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's actually after the race because after after I'd finished the Chiltern, I signed up for the Wendover Woods Fifty, which is another one that Centurion do. So that's right sorry yeah yep. yeah i was training for that and uh, there's a group of us who got qe park on a wednesday night so i got there late and was running to catch them up and um my watch beeped at me and uh, i looked at my watch because I, I thought i turned off the beeps so at the moment i just i tripped over a tree root and smacked my knee into a rock into a big stone that was sticking out of the track at the time oh. and yeah it was it was uh slightly hurty there was some fruity language that came out of me and, uh, and the knee swelled up. i took a chunk out of the knee and it swelled up to quite an impressive size but i carried on going and caught up with the group because you know you just run these things off wow yeah, yeah. then i got home later i got home later in the evening and there's blood trickling down my leg and uh, it, was, it looked really impressive but i was absolutely cropped for a few weeks after that because i just couldn't bend my knee and do anything with it at all it was really really painful in fact even now sometimes i have to straighten my leg out because i can't sit with it at 45 degrees for a very long time mm, okay wow so uh so so 250 miles done a uh, small injury of the leg and i think you said like it was about this time perhaps maybe in about 2016 um you entered the windover woods um so, so that so that was the actual race i think uh, was that the race, the training for that race that you hurt, that you hurt your knee? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then you, you said you started to kind of have some kind of things going wrong with your leg. You were, you were experiencing a little, a little bit of twitching with your leg. And to the point where you said that, that other people who were watching you during races were, were kind of commenting about like your, your change in style of running. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Cause when I, once the knee had started healed a bit more, I started going back out running and, it was, it, my left leg would just start twitching. Um, it just spasm and flick out on its own. And I just thought, perhaps I caught a nerve when I clobbered my knee because it yeah. just seemed to be related. And uh, it was, there was no pain. It was just flicking out. And it was a bit bizarre. Um, and 
Um, I've seen a physio about, because of various niggles at the time anyway, I've seen a physio and she did think that perhaps there's some piriformis or something like that and gave me some stretches to do. Yeah. So I was, I was stopping. So I did the Wendover Woods and I had to stop a couple of times to stretch out because my legs started twitching. Okay. The thing was, if I stopped and stretched out, the, the twitching would stop and I could carry on running again. And uh, so I got the Wendover Woods done and then carried on running, but the, the twitching was, was getting worse. And then I did um, the uh, Beyond the Whistle event down on Hailing Island, um, okay. running up and down the Billy Mine. And uh, Keenan Easton, um, he was one of the run marshals at the far end, and uh, he's, he was watching me run up to him with my leg flicking out, and he, he did mention that it did look as though I was running with cerebral palsy, and uh, which was okay. quite close to in the end, actually, what it turned out to be. But uh, yeah, it was, it yeah. Was, Quite bizarre because all the stretching and stuff stopped it for a little bit, and then I carried on running again. But it was definitely getting worse. Yeah, do you know, um, Twig? It kind of dawned on me that that often when when we've even got like you know, I'm not going to say basic because they, they can be uh, complicated, but when you've got muscle issues or or, or musculoskeletal issues with the body through running, uh, diagnosing those things can can like often be like very inaccurate and just kind of touch and go whether or not you're going to get lucky enough to actually find the issue or whether it just heals on its own and it ends up being like quite a drawn out process but i guess identifying uh, something like parkinson's must be really difficult because you're, you obviously everyone covers all the initial bases first and you must be trying all sorts of various things so was it, it i guess it was quite a, a kind of drawn out process getting to an actual diagnosis is that right yeah because um my physio after a while said it's it doesn't seem to be piriformis and recommended I go because she's, you know, it's basically a sports massage and she was basically saying, go up the chain and get yourself um, to a professional. And so I went to somebody she didn't recommend who reckoned that it was something to do with my back and they were tweaking it and telling me to do various bits, but it wasn't having much effect. And then I started going through the NHS as well and they because I clobbered my knee they were all concentrating on it being my knee or my back yeah. or my leg yeah. um, and they were scanning various things so they scanned my ankles they scanned my knee they scanned my back so you know physically sound just yep. mentally um, but they they did all that and then eventually they were still drawing blanks and the guy the, the um, consultant at QA said he had, didn't have any clues to what was causing it but Another friend had suggested that I ask for a referral to the Institute of Sports, Exercise and Health, which is a, um, based in London, and they're, they're an Olympic legacy, basically they're funded through the Olympic programme. Okay. And they're a sort of specialist centre. And so I went up there, and because they, they eventually, the QA said they'd refer me to it. And they put me on a treadmill, which was about the first time that anyone actually had, had me on a treadmill. And they, after my legs started spasming, they... Um, spotted some muscles twitching. Okay. Because the, the time that the leg was spasming, it used to start after about half an hour, and then it was by that time they got me on the treadmill, it was down to about three or four minutes. So, okay. So the time was getting worse. Um, and this was over this was over a couple of years. This took. Um, and when they spotted the muscles twitching, they said perhaps we need to refer you to a neurologist instead. So. I saw a neurologist down in London as well, and he said it's uh, exercise-induced dystonia, which is basically muscle spasms caused by the malfunctioning somewhere in the brain. And it's like, 
okay, what's the cure for that then? And uh, it's basically, uh, is recommending some, um, there's some therapy you can do, which is basically exercise induced exercises, but to actually retrain the brain and use the plasticity of the brain to use different pathways to control the muscles. Okay, all right. Get involved. But uh, also during that time, I noticed that there wasn't just the leg that was playing up. My handwriting had gone to pot. I mean, it's always been pretty dodgy, but now it's just a series of fits and starts going across the page. And uh, okay, so a few other really things were, were were happening. Yeah, yeah. a few other few other signs. Yep. So I went to the GP, and uh, she said, "Well, you've got a choice. It could, two things it could be is either a resting tremor, or you've got Parkinson's." It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and that was that must that, I mean just that statement in itself, you know, must have been like such a shock. Yeah, and that was um, in the run up to the Christmas of uh, 2019, 2018 rather, and then I managed to get a referral to QA in January 2019, and uh, the guy just walked, watched me walk up and down the uh, corridor a couple of times and said, "Yes, you've got Parkinson's." Wow, wow, okay. So it was so it was 20, 2018 when you got your your actual confirmed uh, diagnosis then. Well, the, the GP said it could be in twenty eighteen, but the confirmation was January twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Okay. Wow. So, well, I mean, thank, thanks for sharing that. I mean, it's yeah, it must be diff difficult, kind of even just remembering back to that. I mean, it must it must be some like a memory and and something that you you often kind of go back to in your mind. But um, I, I wanted to ask, what kind of happens? from you know the point of confirmed diagnosis onwards because you know I, th I think you wrote that it wasn't very very far afterwards that you were you were kind of back running the Hampshire Hoppet and stuff so so what was the process from from that point onwards um yeah I've done the Great South Run actually in 2018 um and as part of that dystonia uh, thing retraining pathways I discovered that you can run backwards oh yes uh, yes yeah it's different because because the way the brain works is quite bizarre but you can if you're using a different pathway your muscles respond differently so i, I ran most of the great south run that year backwards um i did have a, i did have a mirror on my wrist and a wingman um, dean who ran with me warning me about curbs and other obstacles as well um, but even towards the end of that race, my muscles were getting tired and uh, obviously the brain was wearing out on that side. So the leg was still spasming and twitching at the end, but uh, we got round. It was a nice day for it. So, Gosh, I, 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 can't, I can't believe you ran it backwards. Uh, uh, do you know, Twig, I've mentioned before that I've, I've run the, the, the Great South Barefoot. That's nothing compared to backwards. Backwards must have, I mean, it, it makes me ill thinking about it. You must have got quite dizzy and, and stuff as well. What, what was it like? Kind of like, yeah. were, were you quite disorientated? No, because I've been training for it running backwards as well. So you get used to it. And um, having having the wingman Dean with me was, was great. Uh, yeah. Make sure I avoided the worst of the obstacles as long as he was paying attention. There were a couple Jeez. of interesting bumps and scrapes as we went around. But uh, it, it was good fun. But, uh, well, you you found a way to do it and, and and you did it. I can't believe it. I mean, there must have been quite a quite a few startled faces as you as you as you ran by or, or they passed you. So I must have been thinking, what are you what on earth are you doing? There, there, there were there were a few few comments from the, the crowd and, and the runners with this as well at the time because I was I was pacing for a while the one forty five 
crew as well because they're, they're running about the same pace as I was, but I, I couldn't manage it for all that distance, unfortunately. It would have been quite entertaining staying with them for that time. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Well, well, well done. And that was obviously before the your confirmed diagnosis. So, so obviously post post that you uh, you ended up back running running the Hampshire Hopper. So I assume doing that, um, you were now on some medication that you had started, uh, some yeah. kind of some kind of plan moving forward. Yeah, it's great because um, the consultant I saw at Portsmouth, he's now just retired, but he was he's quite chilled about it. He just said, "Go experiment with medication." It's like, yeah, okay, I will. So we found out, I found out that um, the normal standard dose to just keep me walking was fine. But if I wanted to run, I had to take more than, I had to sort of double up. And it's just a case of working out how often I had to double up um, as to how effective it was. And that was early days. So even then some of it was wearing off and the leg was twitching. But if I kept it topped up, then I could get around. And so I managed to do the Hampshire Hobbit, which is a nice way to get get back into running and uh, or at least get running of sorts yeah big, big relief to know i could still get around and do that sort of thing yeah yeah had, had you had a, a huge reduction in in kind of pace or or any like difference between between hampshire hoppet and, and previous marathons yeah yeah i've, I've noticed a, a big big drop off in my speed um, okay because I, I mean i could i think my Park run times before diagnosis were in the sort of 20, 21 minutes, 22 minutes, 23 minutes times around QE. But um, oh, okay. now, now they're in the, the 30s. Yeah. So it's, and I do find that if I if I do hills or I run fast, I, I run out of dopamine. I run out of go-go juice a lot quicker. So I end up having to walk sections of it or walk up the hills, which actually suits ultra marathons in a way so it's uh, yeah absolutely it has, it, has, it has a silver lining yeah brilliant okay so yeah so i guess the yeah the like you say the ultra marathons kind of suit suit that better so uh so that's great that you kind of get to continue on continue on for those now you started a blog as well um i know that, that i think you run your blog off of instagram under under the, the puck farkinson's um tagline is that is that right are you still posting on there and and, and providing updates and um on your journey yeah because i basically wanted to i decided that i was going to do as much as i could do to raise awareness of parkinson's and see if i could raise some money along the way towards the cure as well and um i, I looked at doing it on sort of wordpress and stuff like that but i just wanted something that was quick and easy so i just thought i'd take the take the take the instagram route and um I was, I was having an Instagram conversation with um, one of my friends, um, Paula, um, from Fair and Runners, and uh, we were chatting about it. And she said, Inst Puck Parkinson's is free on Instagram. Nobody, nobody's got it, so do it. And so I claimed it and jumped on that, on that name um, over on Instagram. And then sort of been posting various bits about what Parkinson's is and what I've been doing um, yeah. ever since. Brilliant. Okay, so so listeners, head on over to to um, Twig's um, handle there on Instagram, and and yeah, follow his journey along if uh, if that's something you want to do. Um, did you ever get contacted by an Australian man who has a website I think called Puck Parkinson's? Have you have you seen that? I, I've seen it. Yeah. After I jumped on that, I realised that the, there is there is a Puck Parkinson's website in Australia, but uh, so far I've had had nobody jump on my Instagram and complain about it. So. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, yeah, you you got the handle; it's there, so it's yours. So, <laughs> but 
I just noticed that there was obviously I was doing a little bit of research for the show and noticed that somebody had had actually designed a website with with a similar handle. And I think for for exactly the same thing, I think it was uh, yeah, his, his kind of own battle against um, the disease and raising awareness and stuff. So um, I just wanted to kind of ask if you'd if you'd ever been in touch. Now, I was going to ask about your volunteering as well, because you have um, joined the team at Centurion Running for a bit of volunteering yourself. I've done one myself, um, the South Downs Way 50. Uh, what have you What have you done there in terms of volunteering? Have you Have you done the aid stations or or the kind of desk at the beginning or, or end or anything? Yeah, no, I've, I've um, been helping out on the aid stations. Um, Brilliant. And main, main, mainly the ones I've done are the hundred milers. So I've done the, the Thames Path and the South Downs, South Downs Way, um, and mainly on the long shifts as well. So you get all through the night. So places like um, Clifton Hamden and uh, Alfriston and Jevington oh okay so you, you, you see all sorts of <laughs> all sorts of shapes and sizes or well, the states of people as they come through those aid stations in the early hours oh, I could imagine those are like yeah especially uh, uh Jevington I think Jevington's the last one isn't it it's like a, about five miles to go at the end yeah that's it and it's a really awkward one to be in because there's there's steps up and down to that little village hall and it's uh, I, I can't imagine how awful awful it'd be i mean i i tend to take some snack take some snacks and some food and some drinks and stick them by the bottom of the stairs when i'm there so that people don't have to go up the steps if they don't want to okay i, I actually noticed that in 20 i think 2018 when i when i ran when i ran that last with um with jason skiro uh i actually we actually did the dreaded walk up the stairs um and I was, I just, I'd said to Jason, like, oh, you know, I'm tired. I need a coffee. I'm going inside for a coffee. That's it. Uh, <laughs> it was, I was so, I was so knackered. I think if we hadn't have gone for that coffee that we may have maybe dipped under 20 hours, potentially. Um, I can't remember how long we were in there for, but uh, it was a well-needed rest. That's for sure. Um, you, 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 I was, I was going to ask as well. You've also met during the volunteering, uh, the show's co-host, uh, my co-host, David Harvey as well. So, um, I think he, was he running when you met him? No, he was actually uh, on an aid station when he was helping out crewing as well. Ah, so, cool. Because I think we did we did a stint at South Downs uh, on South Downs at uh, Kiwi Park, and I think he joined me later for I'm sure it was Alfriston where we spent uh, a long night um, helping people get through to the end. Wow. Okay. Brilliant. Excellent. Now you've. Um, I wanted to kind of touch a little bit more on the on the Cure Parkinson's uh, kind of fundraising side of things, and I know that you've racked up a huge kind of total of a, I think about six thousand pounds worth of worth of funds there for for that charity. So I th yeah, I think that's absolutely amazing. And is that all been through you taking part in these in these big events? Yeah, because originally when I um, got diagnosed, I thought that would be it for the long distance running. Um, but um, then I helped out in the aid stations and then Centurion running if you help at the aid stations and do long enough stint then you get um, free entry into the following year's events that's and right yeah I could have sworn I ticked the box that said that I'm not doing an event and I got the email through saying do you want to do the event next year and I was like well I don't qualify I'll have to do a 50 miler so I can and I was thinking well, I'm going to fit it in and then I reread the qualifying criteria and the 50 milers I've managed to complete. So this from Wonderland and the Wendover Woods qualified me for doing the South Downs Way in uh, 2020. And it's just like, okay, so it's possible. 
just to get them, just to get the numbers in. Yeah. Do you know what? On any other podcast, that would, people would be like, "What the hell was that person thinking?" But you know, we're all honest. We understand that you've got to get the numbers in. If it's if it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, exactly. that kind of thing. <laughs> it all becomes so, a numbers yeah. game. Yeah. So he's, he's kept me company through rain, snow, and uh, it's it's been a fantastic um, piece of support. I have to say. Brilliant, excellent. I had hoped to give him the support this weekend, but unfortunately, my back doesn't let me do it at the moment. So he's off on his own. I'm sure he fully, fully understands and knows that you'll uh, you'll be back to help out in the, in the future for sure. So it's just the way it goes. But um, Anthony, I've taken or Twig, I've taken loads of your time already. Um, uh, I want to kind of come to a close, but but just wanted to kind of ask about your plans for kind of 2022, 2023, um, you were speaking about perhaps maybe doing the 50 slam again? Yeah, um, 2022 is going to be the year for volunteering. So I'm going to help out as where I can in Centurion. Perfect. And help Budgie, because I think he's going to have a stab at the Thames Path himself. And then 2023, I think I'll see if I can do some fundraising and try and do the 50 mile Centurion slam, which is uh, the Chiltern Wonderland, the Wendover Woods, and the North Downs and South Downs 50s as well. So, fingers crossed. Excellent. That's going to be a, a huge challenge. So, yeah, I wish you all all the best for that and hope it goes well. Um, I know we've mentioned them a couple of times, but but where can people find you on social media and running platforms as well? Yeah, um, well, I am on Strava, um, um, but it's under my normal name of Anthony Rose. Um, and on Instagram, I'm in, on there as um, Puck Parkinson's uh, is, is where the blog is, or just Anthony Rose as the for the Instagram. Uh, okay. My main and uh, Facebook is just down as Anthony Rose. Perfect. Okay. I'm just, you know, obviously we've discussed quite a lot of uh, kind of like topics here related to, to Parkinson's and running. So if anybody was, um, you know, wanted to reach out to you, um, kind of one of the reasons why I started the show as well, um, so that people can kind of ask each other and get in touch with with questions should they have any. Then obviously you're you're there for everyone to to reach out for. So thank you for that, much appreciated. Um, as a listener of the show, somebody who who has listened to previous episodes, you'll know that I always finish with some recovery run questions. Yeah. So we'll start with a few of these um, before we finish up. So Twig, for, I'm going to start with best ever race. Um, I had to think about this one. You take your time. Best. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult I question. Think I think it, no, it's, it's definitely. I think it's definitely the Thames Path Hundred because everything just came right that day. Um, COVID restrictions meant that I, my wife could crew me at more stations than normally allowed, which worked out just right for the event. And having Budgie there for the second half was just fantastic. And the sunrise on the Thames. I don't think I'll ever forget the sort of golden colours. It was just on this, the water was like a mirror that morning. It was just Lovely. beautiful. Lovely. And obviously just such an immense achievement crossing the line. So yeah, that's, that's absolutely amazing. What shoes are you currently running in? Uh, Salomon's various sorts. There's either the Sense Pros or the Speed Cross. Okay. I just find I like the, the right size shape sole for my feet. Perfect. So they, they work for you. That's great. Um, favorite post-race meal? Something you like to treat um, yourself to? It's actually a chocolate milkshake. Oh, really? From from where? 
any anywhere I do, but yeah, McDonald's if it if it comes to me. They are good, aren't they? McDon- I tell you what, McDonald's, I always feel disgusting afterwards, but their milkshakes are amazing. <laughs> they are really yeah. good. <laughs> Chocolate milkshake is supposed to be good for you too. Brilliant. Excellent. Good for the recovery. Um, someone who has inspired you in your running? Oh, my word. I, I'm going to have to say it's um, not because they're a runner, but because what they've actually been through before they passed away was actually Tom Isaacs, who um, set up the Cure Parkinson's Trust. Um, okay. If you look at story and what he went through, then um, it just makes everything else pale into insignificance. Brilliant. Okay. That helps you kind of, like, yeah, thoughts of him help you help you through your own journey. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got a favorite route that you like to run in or around the Portsmouth area? And obviously I say around the Portsmouth area because we can stretch that as far as our imaginations want us to stretch it really. So it'll have to, it'll have to stretch up to QE because my favorite route is around QE Park. Great. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. And, and obviously finally, um, I promise that I would give you the chance to uh, say any final words, mention any final people, um, and also maybe perhaps just kind of give your thoughts on, on how you feel about the running community down here on the South coast. Um, feel free to add anything you want um, over to you. I just have to say that I'm immensely grateful to everyone that I meet um, running around Portsmouth and the area. Um, they're unfailingly supportive and helpful and go above and beyond in helping everybody out. Um, whether it's through Rob Baker running his events or all the team in Portsmouth try. Um, and in, I mean, you know, I'm even tempted to try the swim run, even though at the moment my, run, my swimming is pants because the Parkinson's affect the left side. Um, yeah. seeing, seeing the Instagram photos from the, the swim run crew on the that they're doing at the moment and the sunrise swims is just it's really inspirational and uh, i hope to be able to take part in it for, for a lot longer yet brilliant twig thank you so so much for coming onto the show um it's been a pleasure to finally get to chat um and and obviously plan the show as well and and like i said earlier sometimes speaking about like such topics can can be difficult and i guess people maybe sometimes try and avoid them and stuff but I've really enjoyed kind of hearing like your inspirational story. And, and honestly, I think um, you're heading into a great 2023 um, after your volunteering year, of course, when the slam comes around and you get to complete those. So, uh, so I really wish you best of luck for that. Um, and hopefully uh, I'll see you at one of those in 2023. You never know. So maybe even come and do a few miles with you. Um, all the best for this weekend. I hope your back gets better and wish your, your wingman Budgie all the best for his uh, round Rotherham um, and hope to run in the future. Take care. Thanks so much for having me. I hope it's been entertaining and not too tedious. It has been brilliant. Thank you, Twig. All the best. Thank you.